AWE are proud distributors of Sony televisions and home cinema projectors, bringing you the best content from lens to living room. For more information, visit awe-europe.com. Hello everybody and welcome to The Integrated Home, the podcast that's produced by the Home Integration Community for the Home Integration Community. My name is Jeff Haywood, and today we're talking about system design and why it matters. We've got Keith Jones of DesignFlow and James Taylor of integration firm CEAV joining us for the debate. Welcome to the Integrated Home. DBM delivers experiences that go beyond the ordinary and suspend reality. From powerful loudspeakers to state-of-the-art projection systems, and from high quality processors to exceptional acoustic treatment solutions and screens. DBM partners with pioneering brands, including Barco Residential, Complete Acoustic Treatment Systems, Display Technologies, Trinov, Waterfall Audio and Meridian Audio. We give you the very best high performance products for your home cinema projects. Like you, we're committed to achieving excellence. Visit distributedbym.com to find out more. So welcome Keith and James to the show. Hi. Hi, Jeff. Good to have you. And um, before we begin, can you just outline who you are and give us a quick intro to your business? James, do you want to go first? Hi, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm James Taylor from CEAV. I'm a partner in the Smart Home Division Manager there. I've been at CEAV now since about 2016 and in the industry since 2008. Um, CEAV work in the prime residential space in the custom install market based out of Paddington in central London. And me, myself, I've worked as an installation engineer, project manager and a designer. So quite a few jobs within the industry. Very good. And Keith, come on, talk to us about design flow and what you your history in the industry. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, so I'm Keith Jones. Uh, I've just finished doing my master's in product design, which I'm uh, quite pleased with. I'm also a CD certified designer, CD volunteer. So I've given many design documentation classes for CDA and a CD outreach instructor. Been in the industry for 27 long, hard years. <laughs> they weren't that bad, actually. Started off in two-channel, uh, then moved into integration about 2002-2003 for about seven years. Um, then 2009, I just went purely design-focused. Uh, I started off in the design documentation side of the business as Jones Designs, Keith Jones, Jones Designs. Providing, we started off providing product design to manufacturers and system design to integrators. Um, but we soon realized, well, soon, seven years or so, we realized that it was a bit confusing. So we separated out the system design side of the business in 2015, started Design Flow. We work with integration companies in the UK, Europe, US, Middle East, and Australia. And basically, we offer an end to end design service. So anything from helping people with proposals all the way through to handover and anything in between. Excellent. Well, thanks for that. And. This, this may be a, a short question, but a long answer. Why does system design matter on a project? Oh, there's a, there's a long answer. <laughs> For me, you've got to think about what design is, um, which is a very difficult question to begin with. But 
over the years, I've come up with, like, it's, it's basically design is, is thinking made visual. So you're putting your thoughts down onto a piece of paper. But you, you can't really complete a smart home or a smart building project without some form of design or planning, even if that is just a, a kit list, deciding what is the right equipment, and there's no documentation at all. You've still done some design. But I think more importantly, design helps iron out most of the issues that you might have before they happen. Uh, obviously, a smart home or smart building project integration is very complex. So thinking through the whole thing before you get to site and start actually working on a project is, is important. And that can also help avoid embarrassing issues that you might have on site that could happen at the worst possible time when the client is standing next to you and you're trying to fix something that is unfixable because uh, you didn't think about it earlier. Also, I think it's better to get the client to pay you for design. The alternative is you pay the client to fix a problem that you didn't think about before you got on the job. Great documentation helps your credibility, helps for system serviceability, but it can also, and this is something a lot of people miss, you can use it as a great referral generator and also as a sales tool. Comprehensive? Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Does that tally with your experience, James? Yeah, very, very much so. Um, I think it's, it's an incredibly important part of any project and it needs to be given the respect that it deserves. We as installers, we value that documentation immensely and it's our go-to when things aren't going well on site or you need some clarification on something. But also in the wider scope of the project, I think it gives you, like Keith said, it gives you credibility. It gives you the ability to showcase your, your work to other people and other clients um, for future work. And also support and maintenance, I think, is really, really key. You know, when you go back to a project you haven't been to for a while, it's essential. Um, I think internally in the industry, on projects of a certain size, it's really accepted. But um, maybe on projects with a smaller budget or people entering the industry or the space for the first time, they might not see that value until they come across a problem that they need to solve or something that could have been mitigated against earlier on. So, yeah, I think it's a learning curve for smaller companies, but bigger companies definitely see the value in it. Is that your experience, Keith, that, that clients and installers view design in, in perhaps different ways? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, I guess the, the client is not going to understand the value of design and documentation on the first project they do um, on a smart home or smart building unless the guy who's selling them the job educates them on why they need design and documentation. From the client's perspective, it could be a lack of understanding and then I, I agree with James, like some of the some, some of the big jobs, the bigger guys, they, they just get it. They know why why you need design because they've they felt the pain of, of not doing it the right way, not having all the documentation. And the smaller guys who are maybe just getting into the industry, you know, it's, it, I think it's important to get some education on, you know, why you need it. So get on some senior courses and find out why it's necessary. Do you think there's a perception that clients just generally don't value design? I mean, I, I hear this across a lot of industries that design is seen as something that you don't really want to pay for for any service these days. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I mean, if I was to go back to when I was an integrator, I think we were really good at selling design. I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I think, we, I think as an integrator, we were really good because when I tell people the model we had, most integrators sort of fall over. We used to charge 10% for design. So if you're doing a 100 grand project, that's 10 grand design. And we would get that fee up front. We literally, we'd do a, we'd go and see the job, that was all free. We'd do a ballpark number, 
you know, it's going to be about 100 grand for what we've discussed. And we give them a list of, this is what we're going to do, this is what we've discussed. We think it, should, it will be about this much. And then we say, we're going to do the design documentation, our final, well, once we've done all of our design work, we'll give you a, a fixed price project cost. It'll be within 10% of our budgetary ballpark figure that we started with. And then the next step would be, you need to pay us 10% to move on. So it, it kind of got rid of that whole iterations of proposals and, and going through 15 revisions of a proposal before you win the job and doing any design work before you win the project. So it was really good for us. And we did have some clients who, who we just did the design for. They then went elsewhere for whatever reason or, or the project never reached completion. But I think that, that model for us worked really well. I'm not saying that that will work for everyone because it's quite a, it's a very specific sales process that we had. But the, I think the key thing we had in that, while there was never any surprises with now it's time for our 10% deposit, is we had a really cool um, single page of A4 that explained our process from initial meeting right away through to handover and when we needed to have payment to keep the project flowing. And I think that is one of the key things that every integrator should have, that how we worksheet for the customer so that they can see exactly how your process works and what's expected of them and what's, what can they can expect from you. Is that how you work, James? Is it is it presented positively as something that clients uh, need to understand what they're investing in and value it? Yeah, 100%. It's something that we talk about up front during the sales process and we get them to understand the value. And if it is a project, of their first project, sorry, they may not be aware of it, but people that have done this a few times, they're aware of what's involved. But I think... It gives you confidence during your sales process that you're you're not losing money because this stuff takes time as well. So, you know, you, you're baking that into your costs. You're upfront about that. And I think transparency is, is key. Using example documentation from other projects to show the client what they're actually paying for because charging a lot of money for design may, may, may not sit easy with somebody who doesn't fully understand it. But once they see what they're buying and what it's going to give them when the project's ultimately completed as well, give you confidence that your installation is going to be good and that the, the project will deliver is going to be what they're expecting as well. So, yeah, I think just making them understand it's just about education, really. It's something that, you know, we really pride ourselves on that communication up front and, you know, being very, very honest about that. It's really, really important. So why do you think some clients and installers see design as a cost that's easy to cut rather than an essential service? So um, I think with smaller companies and companies that are just starting out in the in the industry, the guys that are doing this themselves, one man bands, they've got all that, all the design in their head. You know, they can do that. And it's and it's something that they could easily say, well, we're not going to charge for that because on the lower end projects, margins might be tighter and they're competing against other companies that may not be charging for design. So it's something that can easily be mitigated early on. But I think once the projects reach a certain size, they understand that it's an essential part of what needs to happen. And also when you've got other people working for you, that you're all singing off the same hymn sheet and that there's no surprises during the project. So. Yeah, I think that's a very key point. Do you want to chip in, Keith? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I, I, I think, like I said, it's, it's, it's got to be a lack of understanding. Somewhere, if the client doesn't value design documentation, they probably don't understand why they need it. And then back to being an integrator, you know, the most important thing for me when I was an integra integration business was, was my reputation. That was like, that was the goal of, of the business. Without that, you don't get referrals, you don't get repeat business. So I think, you know, really good design documentation helps maintain a high reputation. I think you've got to think of it like 
the, where we are now in the world, it's all about Google reviews and Trustpilot, all that kind of stuff. It's maybe not exactly the same in our industry, but think of it like that. You know, I live in Barcelona. I moved here a year ago. There's two and a half thousand restaurants in Barcelona. I haven't got time to go to all of them, obviously, but I want to go to a good one. So our rule became, if it hasn't got four and a half on Google, we don't go there. I think it's the same. That's the, If I was a, a client, I'd be like, if they haven't got five stars, I'm going to use them. And that's, if that's all you've got to go off, you know, that's, that's the way the world works these days. It's other people's opinions of you matter. And James talks about a level of complexity where you need to really say, I've got to put something together here that's going to be credible and going to sell, a, sell my service to the client. Do you have a, a line where, where you say that needs proper design or is it every project as far as you're concerned? I think my belief is every project as an integrator, we had a process for, for a project that we applied to every single project we did, be it, you know, fitting a TV or, or doing a whole house. We went through the same process with every project and part of that process was the design and documentation. But I do understand exactly what James is saying where some of these guys, it's a competitive market. You know, there's, I think the last CD account was about three and a half thousand integrators in the UK. It's a lot of integrators in a small country. So I think it's it's one of those things where if it's a one one man band like like James was saying and they're doing a a smallish project, it's not too complexity, you can hold it on your head and you can do a successful project. It's like I said at the beginning, but you've still done some design because you've put a bid together, you've put a proposal together, you've thought about what you're going to need to satisfy the client's requirements. Just because there's no documentation doesn't mean there's no design. But it's the more the bigger your team is, the more you need it because you've got to keep to use James's catchphrase. You've got to keep everyone singing from the same hymn sheet, and you can't do that if it's all in your head. So I think that's you know when you get to even two people, no, no two people are linked mentally. So if you haven't got it down on paper. Chances are they'll think that I'm supposed to go in a different room or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I think it's you can you can apply it to any project, any scale. But in the real world, there are some projects that you can get away with having less design documentation on. Yeah, I think just following on from what Keith said as well, like smaller projects for bigger companies definitely get that attention they deserve. But I'd say something that we definitely evolved in our own business and learned the hard way was with changes on projects. So. Things inevitably change, the spec changes, you know, even the size of a TV can have a big knock-on effect to the documentation. So making sure that when the changes are put forward to a client, that additional charges are put in there for design. And it's not just an upfront fee for the whole project because yeah, if things are changing, it needs to be it needs to be fluid and dynamic and be able to make those changes and not have it to be a cost of the business, basically. Do you think there's an, an attitude amongst clients that they they feel because it's speakers and it's TVs that why does that need design? Because I understand what you guys are doing, so you don't need to tell me you're going to put a few speakers in the ceiling or a TV on the wall. Why do I need design for that? I think the simple answer to that is in the modern era now, everything is on the network. Everything. Maybe not the speakers, but everything else is. And I think... Any client understands the problems that a network can bring to your life, Wi-Fi problems, printer problems, anything like that. So I think that that's a very simple way to sell the value design to an end user, to a client, to say, 
have you ever had a problem with the technology? The answer's got to be yes. Um, and this is going to be quite a complicated beast that we're going to install in your house. And we want to have the best opportunity to make it as solid and, and, and as trouble-free as we can. You know, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but we want to try and make it as good as possible so that it doesn't end up becoming something that costs you a lot of money and you just leave it in the corner and don't, and don't use it and don't get any benefit from it. And if things don't work, James, how often do you go back to the design and think, uh, I think we might have got that wrong or we might need to tweak that because we didn't design it quite as we should have done? Yeah, it's definitely something that all businesses think they all face. It's something that we're quite hot on with updating documentation as we go through a project, you know, network documentation when devices get added and things like that. And also if it's not um, able to be done at the time, at least it's changed for when we do our O&M and handover documents. I think that's essential. You might not go back to a project for 12 months, you know, for your first maintenance visit, and it may not be you that goes back. It may be somebody else. So just making sure everything's up to date and documented well. The small amount of time that takes saves you hours on site. You know, I've definitely been on site for, for um, down a rabbit's hole, not knowing what's going on um, and flying blind with stuff. It's, um, it's not a nice place to be. So um, it's why I'm so hot on having design spot on in, in our business. And um, yeah, I think with particularly with support and maintenance, that's, that's key. I mean, just, just to pick up on that, if I can, we work on so many projects in a year. I find myself sometimes asking our client, the integrator, which one is that? Give me a clue. Because we go through so many in a year that you can't remember all of them. And that's, the, that's exactly the same thing that, that James is saying. The chances are, if you are a successful installer integrator and you go back to a job after five years, chances of you being able to remember any of it unless you've got a photographic memory uh, are pretty slim because you so much water's passed under the bridge since then in your business in your personal life etc etc but why would you remember all that stuff it's not relevant to your day-to-day so you go there and if you've got no drawings of documentation you basically start again how did we do this why did we do it like that no i get that i get that Okay, scenario here then, installer A is put in a quote and client rings him up and says that installer B's quoted me something much cheaper. He's not including design. I really want to go with you. If you cut your design fee out, I'll go with you. What would you say to that? Uh, I think, you, again, it comes back to the education thing. Um, explains them what, what the value is in it and the benefits of it long term, not just short term. The initial hit on the project is obviously expensive, but longer term if they're paying for multiple callbacks and things like that based on a non-designed system or a poorly documented system if they still don't see the value then it's something we would definitely consider not working on Uh, you know it will ultimately be at the cost of us the integrator if things aren't designed properly and documented properly and someone has to pay for that time so if they're not willing to do it it's definitely a conversation we have internally about whether it's the right project for us yeah i think i think if i was still an integrator, I'd be jumping up and down going, well, how are they going to install it with no design? What's the, have you have you asked them what their, what their plan is? And then I'd get all of my documentation. I said, this is how we design a system. This is what goes into it. This is why we're charging. I mean, probably already been through that process with the client, but I'd just, I'd just reiterate to go back to, you know, this is why we have a design fee. And this is what we're going to do. We can do less design. We can do a more basic design that might just have plans, cable schedule, rack elevation, and perhaps some schematics. You know, we can throw away all the elevations. We can take out a lot of the, it's not fat, but it, we can make it less expensive, but we can't install a system 
without doing any design. And we can't give it away because it's our time. And the one thing we don't give away and we don't discount is our time. Happy to discount equipment if you want to talk about a discount on your Crestron or whatever it might be system. But, you know, as an integrator, we never, ever discount our time because we have, we have to pay the guys who work for us. You know, it's all set out on, on how much margin you make on your, on your on your time. You can't ask your employees to have, oh, this guy asked for a discount, can I pay you less today? It doesn't work. So, you know, you, you just end up with less profitability on, on, on that project. And, and then it's like, why are we doing it? And then it's, it's a snowball thing. For the benefit of listeners, James is nodding, nodding yeah. ferociously in agreement here. Agree. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. And James, when you're going back to a job after several years, you need to get your head around it really quickly, particularly if you're doing upgrades or you're you're changing stuff around. So it's super important, isn't it, to have everything documented properly, designed properly in the first place so that you can go back and pick things up quickly. Exactly. We're a, we're a service-based industry, and I think some people forget that sometimes. You know, we're not here to shift boxes and put them in jobs. Yeah, that makes us money in the short term, but we're picking up these clients. We definitely are anyway for the longevity. And if our documentation's on point, it means that when we do go back, we're efficient. We know what we're doing. We understand. And we can give them educated answers about upgrades or limitations to their system. Um, I think it's just important that those relationships are, are long and not just short term for the duration of the project. How much of, of what you do in design can be done internally and how much do you look at, at subbing out to services like uh, Designflow and, and what Keith's company does? We've um, we've historically done our own documentation, which we were very happy with how it was presented and what it was offering the client and the installers. But there are some times when you do have pinch points within a business and you have a lot of projects on at the same time. And it's something that we won't cut corners on. And if we have got a pinch point in our process or lots of projects running that need that attention, we will look at outsourcing certain elements of that. It's definitely, you know, it's something that we we did speak about at length internally because we do like the way that we do things ourselves and think everyone gets used to that. It's easier for everyone in the business, whether it be someone in sales, someone who's um, in servicing, you know, the installers, doesn't matter who, if they get used to a certain way of reading documentation and then have to change that, that was a consideration of ours. But as long as there's consistency throughout, it's fine for us. And what would you say are the pros and cons of outsourcing to a distributor? So, I mean, obviously for me in design flow, it's not a good, it's not a good thing because we can't compete with, with someone who's, who's given design away for nothing. But my kind of question on why are they doing it is where does the need come from for a manufacturer to, to you know, have to spend a lot of time doing design that they then give away to the to the integrator and the integrator may not even, I've seen it happen where they don't even run the project. So the manufacturer distributor is doing a lot of work, which doesn't, doesn't actually end in a sale. So it's, I, I get why they do it, but um, I, I wish they wouldn't, obviously, but it's not good for me. But in my mind, it, it raises a lot of questions, like how good is that design going to be if, if they're giving it away? Surely in order to give it away, it's got to be done as fast as possible and as cheaply as possible. So that brings into question the quality of what, what they're giving you. And also, I guess it's, it brings into question the quality of the products that go with that free design. What's the, why do people feel as though they've got to give away design with their products? Is it because everyone else is doing it? No, because not everyone does it. 
So is there some issue with, in order to sell these products, we need to give some design with it, otherwise you know, we're not going to sell it. So it just brings a lot of questions with it. So I wish people wouldn't do it, but I get why it happens because it's one of those things. It's a me too situation. It's one person. It only really takes one person to do it and then everyone's got to follow suit to be competitive. But I think from a purely business perspective, it's, it's not good business because if you're giving something away, obviously you're not making money on it and you've got to pay for it. So. Yeah, I think, you know, with value-added resellers, they are there to add value. But I feel sometimes, like he's mentioned, the the designs they that they put out, although maybe good, often I feel like, yeah, they are thrown together fairly quickly and obviously with a limited portfolio of products. Now, I appreciate that it will help sometimes get a job over the line. And as integrators, you know, we're very grateful for that. But I think ultimately, you know, you need to look at this from a different perspective in that it's just an added tool for them to sell the products. It's not necessarily got the project's best interest at heart that's not to say like we don't value it because we've definitely used it in the past with certain people and there are some that do it much better than others so yeah look there's definitely value in it to a point but um i think you need to take it at face value so what would be your advice to clients to help them spot suboptimal documentation and request a higher standard again james this is really one for you um, I suppose generic information maybe. Um, I'm not sure, you know, some clients aren't exposed to design documentation. So if it's the first time they've seen it, they may not be aware of what what to spot. But um, yeah, maybe just generic information pages or, or product pages that maybe are clearly taken from another project or like cookie cutted from one to another. It's got to be quite specific to the project with being design focused as well. You know, it needs to be specified to a particular area of the house or a particular piece of joinery and not just trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes, really, I suppose. Um, I think it depends on the client as well. Some clients want detail, want that level of detail down to the down to the connection level. And some don't want to see that or don't need to see that, but just need to know that it's there. So I think it's understanding what your client wants rather than necessarily throwing all the information at them and then not being able to understand it or want to, to understand it. Um, we've definitely done it in the past where we've broken systems down into a smaller signal flow type drawing where it's just a room with the rough components of what's going to be included and and they can understand visually what's going to be there but they don't need to know which hdmi connects to which output on the avr etc it's it's not something that they need the detail on so yeah i think it's reading the client understanding their requirements and um and then just if you have got a client that's particularly hot on the documentation then just make sure they they can ask the questions just ask questions because if, if it's been designed then the integrator will will have answers to every question you've got. If it's generic and it's definitely taken from somewhere else, then you know it's not going to be specific to the project. Yeah, there's going to be holes in their knowledge there for sure. Do you agree with that, Keith? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, I don't know if this may be something that the um, CEO will look at, but CEO's got, if, if you, as a client, if you've got questions about what, what am I looking at here, what is this? documentation that this guy's put in front of me, Cedia should be there to help. They should be, you know, contact us if if you have doubts about, you know, the integrator you're working with, or you've got doubts about the design that they're putting forward and, and we can review, you know, some kind of review process where they can come back and comment on, yeah, this guy's they're, they're doing a good job. Or hmm, maybe we should uh, if they're a member, have a chat with them about uh, what's going on, kind of thing. So 
Well, I think as a, as a client, you've got to have some kind of industry body that you can refer back to if your project goes south. I mean, it must be quite hard, James, to differentiate yourself when you're in a pitch against a couple of other integrators. How, how do you how do you actually do that? Um, I think you just got to have confidence in what you're talking about. You know, we've, you need to be able to understand the client's needs. And I think if you want to understand the client's needs, you can put the correct documentation together. I think, you know, we do this in the proposal stage anyway. The nature of how we sell these systems is you've got to have an understanding of what goes together and how at a basic level anyway. So I feel like if you put in that into, onto paper so someone can visualize it, um, I just think it's really important that that's communicated in a proper way and people just have proper understanding about what they're buying. And I think that's that, that's all. You just need to talk with confidence about what you're doing and I think you'll be fine. Talk with confidence. Fine, fine words. So, right, final question. What would be your one piece of advice to installers on how to approach design and documentation? Keith? Um, I'm not sure if this is one, but I think from an installer's perspective, if you want to do design in-house, which is absolutely fine, and you haven't already got some educational design, get some. And if you prefer to outsource, just make sure that you're using a certified designer, CD certified, like design firm. And are there people out there offering design who aren't CD certified designers? I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, what about you, James? What, what advice would you have for installers? I would say just give it the time and respect that it deserves. And I think it will save you time in the future. Just a key message there. I think, I think, you know, it's a part of the project, like we've, we've mentioned earlier, that, that can get cut, um, and I just think it shouldn't be. Give it that time, give it that respect, and it will save you time in the future. Fantastic. Thank you, Keith and James. A fascinating discussion and one we're sure that will resonate with many of you out there listening. You can find out more about The Integrated Home on Instagram at inthomepod and on LinkedIn at The Integrated Home Podcast. The Integrated Home is brought to you with the support of AWE, Sony and distributed by Meridian. We support Together for Cinema. We are a Wildwood Plus production. The Integrated Home supports Together for Cinema. Together for Cinema is an AV industry movement that designs and installs cinema rooms in children's hospices across the UK. In these special places, children, their families, staff and volunteers are now enjoying fantastic movie experiences together. We want to build more rooms in more hospices for more children. To do that, we need your help. Visit togetherforcinema.co.uk and find out how you can be involved to help make short lives that little bit better.